Hey, how you doing? This is Wade with Wade for Wireless. And welcome back for another episode of Wade for Wireless with all your wireless updates, news, and information. Just sit back and relax. Today we're going to talk about the 5G business case because I really want to understand how we're going to make money off 5G. And the reason I say that is because it's not just a new network and and I'm going to be honest with you. The carriers don't want to spend any more money on infrastructure, any more money than they have to. Let me put it that way. They sure as hell don't want to replace LTE. They're going to milk that until they can't milk it anymore. They're not making the money they used to in the 2G systems, and they certainly aren't making the money that they were on 3G. Now it's getting very competitive, and it's ironic. And I'll get into that in a minute. First... I want to thank my sponsors, Tower Safety and Instruction, towersafety.com. For all your tower safety needs for training and for drone training, if you want to use those drones for site surveys and things like that, inspections, you can do it much safer without a climb and probably a now probably a lot quicker a little more cost effectively and the cameras on drones now are just amazing tower safety and instruction partnered with on-man aerial experts to do this also tower tracker pro they provide a service that is a software as a service where they can basically walk you through well not you personally unless you're the one climbing the site but they walk the climbers through the tower closeout package step by step it really makes it nice they have everything automated they have the pictures in there that they resize automatically everything's automatic as far as that goes and they get it right the first time so isn't it nice to have everything there and have everything done step by step it's going to get it in and out in one visit that's the key that's how you save money but if you like going back four or five times for a low paying offer then Go for it. I'm just throwing it out there. Don't forget, you can subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher. That way you get it every week. I have Overcast. I'm on Overcast as well. Just subscribe. It automatically downloads right to your device, whatever that is, whether you have an iPhone, a Droid, a tablet. It just makes it easier for all of us. That way you get this every week. I also have a newsletter. Again, Wade, W-A-D-E, the number four wireless, and you can sign up there. And let's not forget something very near and dear to my heart. The Wireless Deployment Handbook. I created a Wireless Deployment Handbook so you can see the end-to-end deployment of a system. And it also helps you understand the business side as well as the technical side because that's the play here. We need to really understand that. So you can actually take it from end-to-end and you understand what's going on, what the handoffs are. And just go to wadeforwireless.com and there's products to support wireless services. I have the Wireless Deployment Handbook. The wireless SOW tutorial, a SOW is a scope of work, S-O-W. That's a tutorial you can also get in case you want to know how to write your SOWs more efficiently to protect yourself because the customer, when they write a SOW, they're going to write it to protect themselves. And I also have my other books, Tower Climbing and Introduction and the Field Worker's Aid for Tower Work. And another thing I have is a Tower Worker Logbook, which I recommend you go into that page. Again, products to support wireless services. If you go to the Tower Worker Logbook, even if you don't buy it, just start keeping a log of all your work that you do out at the site. Whether you're a tower worker, an RF engineer, or what, track what you do. It really matters. All right, now let's get into 5G here because 5G, we talk about what it might look like technically, but did we really talk about what the business case is going to look like? I have a feeling I know what most of you engineers or tower climbers are saying. Who cares what the business case looks like? Well, you'll care if you want to get paid and you want new work coming. 
You're going to care what the network looks like so you understand how to deploy. So if you guys don't want to listen, that's fine. If you uh, business owners want to listen to see how you're going to profit on this, here's what we're going to do. We're going to basically walk through it and see what the... Uh, what we think the carriers are going to do. Now, you got to remember 5G doesn't necessarily have to be five band, uh, five band, <laughs> broadband. That's what I was trying to say. The reason I say that is because with the Internet of Things, which I think 5G and the Internet of Things are going to be used interchangeably just because 5G is really going to be the network bringing it out to you. But the Internet of Things is where machines talk to machines and you're going to have devices that connect automatically. They really don't need human and intervention. I'm not necessarily talking about your smartphone per se, but you're going to have meters like think of your utility meter being connected wirelessly. So the utility companies no longer have to send someone out to see how much water or electricity used in one particular month they're going to probably use the uh for to probably to control the grids too like for the water companies control valves control water flow control water pressure maybe to control heaters in cold climates to keep you know the pipes from freezing and so on and also uh for electric They'll just use it to control the flow of electricity and the current down a particular grid. I really see wireless as being part of the smart grid. It's just a matter of how they fit in. With 5G, we think of broadband. But with IoT, it could be broadband, but it's probably going to be a narrow band or very small data packets. That's really all they need. That's what I think of when I think of Internet of Things. So I just want to make that distinction up front. So let's look at the business plan. What you're going to have to do is really figure out what you intend to do with 5G. And that's what the carriers are going to do. Like I was saying earlier, the carriers do not want to change out their backbone, meaning the LTE network. I know we all look at backhauls of backbone and they have a core, but they just invested tons of money in LTE. And the reason they don't is because they looked at history. You know, they had... 2G services, and then it became 3G services, which could have been GSM or CDMA. Now, what they could have done is gone WCDMA and done an upgrade to CDMA, but they liked the idea of LTE for three reasons. One, they saw growth in LTE that they thought they thought they could not get with WCDMA. Two, they wanted a common platform across everybody's network. Now, I know we don't think the carriers collaborate, but I think we all know better. They talk to a point. They compete, but they also want to talk to a point. And I'll get into why they all wanted LTE. Three, they really saw LTE as a way of the future, as something everybody could do. I, I know it's sort of redundant there, but with LTE now, a lot of the wireless services and the wireless equipment, they're all IP-based completely IP. That's the whole idea of LTE. So LTE, even though it's a wireless format, it's pretty much IP based, right? They just have to get voice working very reliably, which they did. Verizon and AT&T, and I think T-Mobile have Volte. Yeah, yes, T-Mobile too. They have Volte working very well. So why is that important to us? Because it's all part of the business plan. They want to just improve LTE. They have ways to merge the band, um, the spectrum. It's called carrier aggregation, where they can make Three different carriers look like one big pipe to your cell phone, to your smartphone, not to your cell phone anymore. And uh, that was something they wanted to do. They also found a way to make LTE a commodity. They're going to do that with services. They're going to try to drive the prices down on the services because now people are driving the price down on the cell phone, on the smartphones. They don't want to pay a lot for your monthly bill, for your connection, let's say. Things are going to change, but... It's going to flow towards us to trust me, us, the workers in the field. Now, I know I'm getting way off point here, but I'm trying to make a point that LTE is going to be a commodity. The services are going to try to make a commodity, commodity, <laughs> commodity, can't speak this morning. So that's, that's what the deal is. That's what 
the carriers are working for to drive prices down. Oh, and by the way, the tower owners, they think they're immune to this. They're going to be the next target. I brought it up before. I'll bring it up again. American Tower, Crown Castle, SBC. Carriers are going to come after you next. I don't know what their plan is, but that that's sort of what I see. They Because they see now the rent is the high spot. So first thing, let's look at 5G and what it's going to be. In the States here, we look at 28 gigahertz, uh, 24 gigahertz, but look at it's millimeter wave. That's why I'm bringing that up. Millimeter wave is not exactly something that hauls over a few miles. And I have examples of the loss. The air loss is incredible for this, okay? What I did was I put a chart in Wade for Wireless in the name of this podcast. Again, is what is the 5G business plan? I put a chart in there to show you the loss in DB over 200 meters. 200 meters here in the States, 600 feet. So what I did, I put a chart in there uh, in Wade for Wireless. What is a 5G business plan that basically shows you the loss over 200 meters? 200 meters, you know, roughly, oh, I don't know. What is it? It's over 200 yards, 218 yards, 600 feet, very short space, right? Very short space. Now at 600 megahertz, you have 31 dB of loss. And what I did, I took the... Um, Transmitter output, 40 dB, receive gain, 3 dB, all very low, but I was just trying to show you the air loss over 200 meters. 31 dB, 700 megahertz, 32.6 dB, 32.7 if you round up. 1.9 gig, you have 41 dB. When you have loss in dB, every 3 dB is half the power if you're going down. So a negative 3 dB would be half the power. Negative 6 dB would be a fourth of the power. Negative 9 dB would be an eighth of power. You get it? It's a logarithmic scale. So we jump from 600 megahertz, 700 megahertz, which is 31, 32, 33 dB a loss, to 24 gigahertz, which is 63 dB a loss over 200 meters. Now you get what I'm saying? There's going to be no distance with this band, with this spectrum. So it's going to be a very small network. That's why when people say that 5G is going to drive small cell cost, that's why. I mean, what's the point of putting up a macro site in 5G if it's only going to go, you know, 100 meters or so, uh, let's say 100 yards. So basically, we could put up a big old site and cover a football field. Of course, you're going to do that with small cells. You're going to do it with multiple small cells. That's why I'm trying to explain that 5G is not necessarily going to be the network per se, like we looked at LTE, like 4G, 3G. They're not going to change that. They're going to keep upgrading the 4G network, which is LTE. And I know they'll go 4.5G and then they'll change the whole meaning of 4G saying, well, it's the speed, not the format. So that's, that's something to look at. If you're going to go with that high spectrum, it's going to be a very small network. It's going to serve a very specific audience and a very specific purpose. That's why a lot of people say that when they have the virtual reality units, they'll probably be in 5G. Well, of course, 5G at that band, you have tons of spectrum, right? But I wanted to make the point that you lose so much power. And again, I have a chart that shows you like negative 30 dB is like 0.0000001 watt. It's, you know, it's, a, it's very low. Zero dB is 0.001 watts. Just trying to give you an idea of how the power changes. 5G, they're going to have to look at the applications. They're going to have to look at what they're going to use it for, and it's really going to be more of a network change applications, and it's going to be very specific to what they what they want to use it for. In other words, you're not going to put 5G out and just put a ton of devices on 5G, as I understand 5G today. So let's go back to the business case. The business case is going to be very specific. 
What are they going to serve? The good thing about broadband is that even the president in the U.S., Obama, says that it's a necessity. So now we need broadband. So we have broadband, right? I, I don't know who's going to pay for it. Obviously, I'm paying for my own. You're paying for your own. When the president says it's a necessity, so is electric and water. I'm paying for that too, right? How's it going to get into the house? Is it something we get after the fact, like cable? Is it something we put in when we build the house, like water and electric? Depends who you talk to. Anyway, getting off the point, for the business case, broadband's a necessity. What is this 5G going to be? What's the business case going to be? Who's it going to serve? Who are the customers going to be? Are they going to put it in the devices that we use now, the iPhones, the droids? Is it going to be an extension of that? I mean, think about what's in there now. We have Wi-Fi. We have whatever bands we're working with. I think LTE, I'm sorry, <laughs> LTE obviously is in there in any new phone, any new smartphone, but I think something like the iPhone that can be unlocked and used anywhere is something that we look at as being really able to use on anyone's network. You just have to unlock it and then put it in someone else's network because you pay all that money for a phone if you're paying for your phone. So how are we going to make money? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Is It's not necessarily going to be on mobility, but it is going to be on the applications. And this is where low latency really is going to play a part. How are they going to get low latency? Because now you're pinging like on your smartphone is going all the way back probably. I know we have cloud and the edge and the cloud makes things a lot quicker and I'll tell you why in a minute. Normally we still ping back to a core somewhere. Well, they have to bring that out to the site and eventually they'll have to bring that out to the small cell and they'll do that with NFV, Network Function Virtualization and SDN, Software Defined Networking. Those two will work together to make latency lower and to route the traffic to the nearest point where there's a server that can serve you. Eventually, I would imagine a lot of stuff will be done just in the device. I mean, let's face it now, I have 15 gig in my phone and I run out of memory all the time, which is whack, <laughs> you know, 15 gig, who thought? So we really have to think what the application's gonna be. And, I, and to be honest with you right now, I don't know what the business plan will be. I mean, who's gonna use this right now? They'll probably start with some type of virtual reality because that's gonna need a lot of bandwidth. And that's what people play with. And that's the wow factor, the video games, you know, that Pokemon virtual game, that's a big deal. That's what people are going to start with, right? So when we look at that as a business case, virtual reality, who will win in 5G? And I got to tell you right now, Verizon and AT&T are way ahead of anybody because they're already testing it. I am sure they are thinking about a business case for it and who they're going to sell to. The reason they're testing it, because I'm going to be honest with you, I believe that's what the investors want to hear. The investors want to hear that someone's testing it and coming out with standards, which Verizon doing a great job. AT&T, I read they're doing a great job. It's really impressive. Verizon really seems to be working hard on the technical standard. And AT&T seems to be looking at ways to use it and also testing it as well. And I bring those two up separately because AT&T, I believe they have the deal with Tesla for the connected cars. I don't see them doing it with five, at least 5G as I understand it, millimeter wave. I do see them doing it with LTE. They're going to test. They're going to figure out how to get as short a burst as possible from each car. And I see it as like a Kindle model. If anyone's familiar with what AT&T does for Kindle, I know that because when I worked at Qualcomm, Qualcomm was the one that put the chips in the Kindle for the wireless backhaul. What they used to do for Kindle, they basically, like, like if you bought a Kindle, you didn't pay for AT&T to be connected necessarily. You did pay for the service, I believe. And I think you paid through Amazon. And then Amazon just play, paid a flat fee or they got a cut of every book. So I don't know how it was. It was very interesting, but you did pay extra for that wireless device. Now, when I bought my Kindle, I got a Wi-Fi only. 
because quite frankly, I didn't need to be connected everywhere. You download a ton of books. You got to read them sometime. You can spend more time looking for books than you can actually reading the books you have. I have that issue too. If you if you think you're the only one that does that, you're not alone. So my point is, who's going to win? It's going to be AT&T and Verizon because they're going to find a way to make a business plan that works. In all honesty, T-Mobile is laying the groundwork for the backhaul with their kick-ass LTE network. They really seem to be moving ahead and I got to give them a lot of credit. They're doing a lot to get that network up to speed. AT&T has such a repository of, of spectrum that they could use. They sure haven't been spending any money on it. They're too concerned about DirecTV. And uh, Verizon, Verizon's steady growth. I think I told you guys that before. But T-Mobile, if they continue to lay the groundwork, all they need is a proper format. I'm sure they're testing 5G, but they're probably not putting a lot of money into it. They'll let, they'll let Verizon and AT&T work through the bleeding edge of technology, and then they'll just pick up the standard and start selling it. Standard's going to be open to everybody, right? So you're probably asking yourself, with everything I've said so far, will 5G be a failure? Will it succeed? The issue as I see it is not the technology. I mean, if they're already, uh, already, if they are already decided to go with millimeter wave, we know the network's going to be very, very small. I mean, I don't see them kicking a lot of spectrum out, or I'm sorry, a lot of power out for that spectrum. I don't know what they're going to do that way, but how far can millimeter waves go? What's the business plan? Who do they plan to hit? Is this going to be in every building? So the minute you walk indoors, you have like 20 gigabits per second of spectrum. I mean, is that the plan? Is that really what they plan to do? It's crazy. I, I just don't get it. Now, will it succeed? Here's what I think. I think of the carriers, Verizon, T-Mobile, AT&T, if they wanted to succeed, it will succeed. But how large of an area can it really serve? How many small cells are they going to deploy? Are they going to use it as an alternative to the LTE network to take the loading off like they've currently been doing? You know, they want to do with LTEU if we can ever get that passed through the Wi-Fi group. They stop their whining. I mean, LTEU is another way they could really unload it quickly, easy, and efficiently. But I don't know. I don't think the question of 5G is really fair, to be honest. It's more like, will millimeter wave to the device be a failure? I mean, really, isn't that what we're looking at? Millimeter wave? We're looking to see if that's going to work. Can it go beyond point to point? Can it go beyond being a, a VSAT spectrum? Can it do that? Can it be used here terrestrially? It's really something we have to think about. But you know who's going to be the real winner? The fiber backhaul companies. Anyone who has fiber, I mean, it's just going to blow up with bandwidth. <laughs> I mean, 5G, people are going to want virtual reality, more bandwidth. I still see the backhauls being the big winner. That's a key thing. Like right now, the biggest problem and the biggest pain point or one of the biggest pain points for the small cell is the backhaul. And I'll give you a little history. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's a backhaul. I'll give you a little history real quick. So when the small cell came out, oh, the carriers went, oh, it's too expensive, blah, blah, blah. Oh, so the price came down. Now it's for an outdoor small cell, it's well under five grand, well under. Now, can you imagine a BTS site is probably, oh, I don't know, what are they, 50, 50, 60 grand, but it's three sector. It's much more, let's say a sector is probably 20 or 30 grand. It's a lot more work. So when you put a small cell in now, it's not quite plug and play, but it's real close. So now you took that component out of it. You made it quick. You made it easy to integrate. Well, and oh, installation, so much money for what we cover. Well, now installation is very reasonable. 
But what is the last stronghold? There's actually two. Utilities. You need to bring the electric to it. You know, you just need really 200 amp service, let's say. Is that the minimum requirement in most states, 200 amp service? It's a little bit of money if you got a trench. You have to bring fiber to it. That's a little bit of money if you have to trench. So those are the big issues. Now, the good thing about power is power is at most places, but fiber? Fiber is at a lot of places, but they didn't run it to every pole. So you got to figure that out. It's still an expensive part of the install. However, I'm going to give Crown Castle credit and Zayo, companies like that, because they figured out they'll run it there and they'll make money. It's an easy thing to make money. And the carriers still like their fiber. I thought the cable modems would really have a chance here. And I thought, you know, cable, it seems like an idea mix, ideal mix for what they want to do. But there's a lot of limitations on your cable modem. Uplink, downlink, a lot of control. The cable companies want complete control of it. They want it to go through their core before it goes anywhere. They want to see what you're doing. It really didn't work out as well as I thought it would for a lot of reasons. And some of them I just mentioned. So what is the plan? What's the plan going to be? Well, this is where we have to figure it out because maybe this is where the devices take a step forward again and they figure it out for the carriers. I mean, look at the iPhone. The iPhone figured out we needed data networks long before any of the carriers did and AT&T took a chance on it. AT&T, while the iPhone was a huge hit, they just spent a ton of money upgrading their network at that time, and they're still doing it. See, with the iPhone, it was reactive. They just couldn't believe it was such a hit. They couldn't believe people would like it as much as they did. They couldn't believe the data demands. They couldn't believe that you could have data and voice on a phone that way. And then all the other carriers had to catch up. Now, if I remember right, AT&T had at least a year of exclusivity with the iPhone, and it paid off for them well. They got a lot of subscribers, and... With that, they got a lot of complaints too, but they did all that they could because they were the only ones with the iPhone. A little history for you there. So let's think about what they could do. There's going to be multiple things for the business plan for it to be a success. One is 5G has to have low latency. You have to push your computing out to the edge. That's where you know the network function virtualization, NFV, comes in, in handy because you're going to have to push it right to the edge. Is it actually going to go to the device? I don't know. It might. We all got to think about that too. It has to get as close to the device as possible, the lowest latency as possible. The other thing is, in millimeter wave, can you really get 10 devices on there? Because that's sort of the carrier's model, to get as many devices on one, let's say, small cell as possible. So you get all those devices on there. Can you really still handle the spectrum that they want to get to out there? Now, I, I did read there was a test where they were getting like some incredible amount of spectrum over millimeter wave. But how far were they from the device? You know, Wi-Fi, if it's dedicated, is kick-ass. But if you go in a public Wi-Fi space with about 100 other people, sort of sucks. Now, I know the Wi-Fi guys will argue that and say it's set up, blah, blah, blah. But the reality is you have a lot of people sharing spectrum and you're talking two ways. So millimeter wave has to think about that too. As far as just to sum it up, I don't know really if it'll be a success or not. I don't know if it'll be a failure. But I do know that the carriers have to come up with a good business case and they have to find their target audience. I don't see it yet, but you know, I have blinders on. I would like to see what Verizon and AT&T and T-Mobile and maybe even Sprint, what they see. If they see virtual reality, that would be awesome. Now, one thing I really see for AT&T, if AT&T could get the wireless local loop to work, and what that is, what they're trying to do is replace cable with a cable or fiber or Fios and put wireless to the home with awesome bandwidth. That I could see working. I could see AT&T making a credible business plan with that, 
but you would still need to put the small cells as close to the homes as possible. You could have like a small cell outside, maybe 10 homes, and maybe get a gig to each home. And I'm just throwing out there, this is all sheer speculation, but I could see that as being a viable business plan. If they can't get the virtual reality to catch on or anything else, maybe they can use it for wireless local loop. And I think if we could get wireless to the home and those speeds, and instead of a cable modem, you have a wireless local loop modem, wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't that be awesome to just send something up in your window and then have Wi-Fi in your house or something like that? I mean, you just plug it in, no more cables. How awesome would that be? No more fiber to the home, no more cabling in the house. Your TVs, everything can connect through this data backhaul like through Wi-Fi or something like that, you know, just picture something like that. So picture you have a box, you plug it in, you set it on a windowsill, suddenly you have wireless coverage in the house. And if you want to extend that wireless coverage, you put another one upstairs, let's say, if you have a two-story home, or if you, know, you want it to the basement, you could do the same thing. You know, you could just put a booster in the basement. That's the world I want to live in. I want everything to be wireless. I wish we could have no power and have batteries run it all somehow or, you know, something like that, like the Tesla electric, just to have it go through the ionosphere. Anyway, I know I digress, but to me, if you want a good business plan, the wireless local loop would be an awesome business plan. And AT&T, I'll give them credit. They've been trying it for a long time. They're still trying it. They're still trying to roll it out. If they could do that, that would be incredible for a lot of reasons. If you could have wireless backhaul, and they could have battery backup on it. It would just be amazing to me. All right, that's my two cents. By the way, wadeforwireless.com. And the articles basically, if you want to look it up specifically, you could just Google what is the 5G business plan and then put Wade for Wireless, W-A-D-E, the number four wireless. And it goes through all of this. But what I also have, if you go scroll all the way down, uh, obviously I have all my ads in there for the scope of work tutorial, the wireless end-to-end -end deployment handbook. Very important things. If you go all the way to the bottom, I have tons of links in there for you guys. And the reason I put these links in there because people often think I'm making a lot of this stuff up, but there's some great links in there from different resources, let's say. Like you have NYU's research into the millimeter wave and how to work. Listen, I have no doubt millimeter wave will work great in a lab, great at short distances, but how do you transfer that to a business case? You know what I mean? How do you transfer that to the live world? And maybe they have an idea figured out. I'm just saying, I, I'm trying to figure it out. Oh, the two things I forgot, Tower Family Foundation, the Tower, it's actually towerfamilyfoundation.org. They take donations to support Climbers families, the families of fallen climbers, and the Hubble Foundation, H-U-B-B-L-E Foundation.org, Hubble Foundation.org. They support the families of injured climbers and the families of fallen climbers. Now, the way these two groups support these families, and if because tower climbers get hurt all the time in the job, but we've had a few deaths this year. When I say a few, probably five or six. They normally get hurt in the tower. They could get hurt in car crashes, but we do lose climbers every year. I can't think of a year where we've had zero fatalities. That's the goal, zero fatalities every year moving forward. So if you can make a donation to these, towerfamilyfoundation.org or hubblefoundation.org, I would greatly appreciate it. It really means a lot to us. It means a lot to those families. If you think it doesn't mean anything to them, just imagine a tower climber when he falls. The spouse, the family, the parents have no idea if he's going to live or die, and they have to live through that. It isn't like it's just one of those things that doesn't happen. 
It happens every year and it happens a lot more than once. Didn't want to bring you down on that. Remember, Wireless Deployment Handbook, just get in wadeforwireless.com and look at products for wireless services. It's on the tab at the top. And if you want to search any of these, I got all these blogs and podcasts out there just for you. Be smart, be safe, pay attention. See ya.